the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It is time today uh, to catch up. We've got a couple of cool guests. Guests, excuse me, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. I know people are starting to settle into the week. A lot happening, of course. Uh, one of the big things over the weekend, uh, starting on Friday, I guess, uh, Elon Musk started to put let some people that had been dumped off of Twitter get back on. And over the weekend, he did, in fact, invite uh, Donald Trump back on Twitter. He is... Uh, uh, his account is active. Kanye West active. Uh, Veritas Project Veritas active again. Allowed back on. Lots of things. Trump hasn't tweeted as uh, as of the time I'm uh, uh, doing this show, but we'll see. But here's the thing. It's pretty exciting what Elon Musk is doing. Um, CBS News said they couldn't be a part of it. They were so deeply offended. They were uh, concerned. They were taking a break. They were taking a break from Twitter while they assessed whether it was okay to be on there. They waited about uh, 30 hours. They got back on. Um, I don't know whether they um, were you know, uh, seeing if they could trust it or what, but they, um, they were only off for a few hours and they came back on. So obviously they figured out what their problem was and were happy to be on there. So here's the... Here's the um, Here's today's what you need to know. Here's today's wink. Um, it's very important, and I'm, I'm I'm reiterating it again. And so, but but it, it it's in context because I want to show you how powerful the forces of the narrative machine are. Okay, so here's what we have: we have Elon Musk letting loose on more freedom, um, but not entire freedom. He had an exchange with. Um, um, who was it? Somebody famous uh, was asking about Alex Jones and, uh, Musk said, Alex Jones uh, went over the line with, uh, uh, being, uh, dramatic and, and, and sort of, um, trying to, uh, be, um, uh, controversial about children. And you can see it in Musk. It was interesting, but in other words, Musk is not having total free for all. It's still a private business. He's actually keeping Alex Jones off for his own reasons. He's going to have some uh, content moderation, whatever it is. But here's the thing. Freedom is breaking out. It's making everybody crazy on the left. It's actually looking like it's better. There's a bunch of people that are saying that the sex trafficking, uh, where some of the bad people were doing that through Twitter, has been blocked. Hashtags that were used to uh, allow people to connect, etc. So that's all good. I think that's all uh, positive free for all. But let me explain to you what's happening. There is a path uh, through which Twitter, and I'm holding the article in my hand, can be a choke point. And the New York Times is who ran it because the guy that ran Twitter's moderation division is a guy named, uh, how do you say his name is, uh, Roth. The last name is Roth. And, um, his, his situation was he left. He quit. He lasted about three weeks and he quit. And of course, as soon as he quit on Friday, he ran a piece in the New York Times because now he wants to be famous to the left. And his, um, his point is this. His name is, yeah, Yoel Roth. Yoel Roth, former head of trust and safety at, at Twitter. Here's the narrative machine. Watch what happens. So he comes out and he says, um, you know what? Uh, Twitter, it, it might be okay. I don't know. It was okay when I was there. It could be okay. I don't know if I trust Musk. And then he said, but here's the path to get on Musk, to dominate Musk. The path is you can't download Twitter's app on iOS or on, uh, on uh, Google without 
having their rules be abided by. And so he basically says, this is the way, this is the choke point for getting to Twitter. You see what's going on? He's sending a signal. He's doing it through uh, big media, the New York Times, and he's sending a signal and he's saying the mobile app is the way to control. And so it's Apple and Google that can now say Twitter must abide by our stuff or we won't allow it to be downloaded. We won't allow it to be updated. We won't allow it unless it abides by our rules. Now, here's what the narrative machine looks at and says, okay, all right, got it. We got a renegade over here, Twitter, that's not behaving. We have to, we have to figure this out. Big tech is saying control Twitter in our favor. Let meta, let um, other uh, 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 apps become the dominant ones. Hold back Twitter. They're, they're, now they're going to start. And big tech, Apple and Google, can do that, right? They can do that. Big media, New York Times playing along. You're going to start to see complaints be weaponized by big media. It'll be on NBC News. It'll be on CNN. People complaining about aspects of Twitter, and they'll be saying, oh, what are we going to do? And they'll be, oh, the only thing we can do when we're stuck in such a tough situation is ask Apple and Google to play that role. And you can rest assured that big government's in on it too. They're going to start, you're going to see the Biden administration complaining. You'll see the DOJ. Remember DOJ said they might have to look into whether Musk's investments uh, and his partners are a national security threat. So you can see the squeeze coming. The path for the narrative machine to hold Twitter in its box, to push them into their corner is clear now. It's as clear as can be. And now it's a matter of engineering for everybody that read that Roth piece in the New York Times, engineering the data points to feed into that. Did you know that when Donald Trump was uh, put back on Twitter over the weekend, people went and looked at why Twitter kicked him off? Do you know that they kicked him off because Twitter could read into his text, excuse me, his tweets, where he said he wasn't going to go to the uh, he wasn't going to go to the the rally uh, uh, to the inauguration? They said that was an invitation uh, for violence. They said he said to be peaceful. Somehow that was a a, a, a a dog whistle. It's crazy to read what Twitter used as their reason to dump to dump uh, to dump Trump off of Twitter and they did it off of Facebook they did it off everything so watch the choke point of the narrative machine big tech big media you can see those right now right you can see big media talking about the choke Apple and and Google have to enforce the rules on Twitter right they have to make sure that Twitter and and now you're saying okay what's going to happen there right and the big tech that's big tech right that's the overlap of big tech and big media and big government you watch the White House will be ramping up its questions. The DOJ will be ramping up its questions. There'll be European big government. It's not just American big government. We'll start to talk. And it's alluded to, by the way, in that piece by uh, uh, Mr. Roth. It's alluded to the fact that uh, countries and nations can have their own rules. What he really means is the EU. America doesn't, uh, so far, the American government doesn't have any rules beyond a certain limit, certain limited ones. So he's talking about other big government efforts. So the question becomes, how can you protect what looks like a burgeoning uh, free speech area? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You know, you'll start to see, I'm sure you'll see big government, Congress, uh, decide to try to do something. They'll probably try to do something. It'll look like it's uh, going to help uh, control things or going to help uh, influence things or it's going to help uh, make more freedom, uh, you know, less hate. There'll be no hate. They'll, they'll use the shooting, the terrible, tragic shooting in the nightclub. They'll say, oh, there's more hate. See the hate online. We got to do something about the hate. 
It's a real problem, but you should watch it. And that's what you need to know today is that the choke point, the map, the roadmap for controlling Twitter, one of them was published last Friday in the New York Times. And I'll put the piece up on social media. You can uh, check it out there. All right, we got to run. We'll be back. When we come back, we will talk actually uh, to the editor, Craig Bannister, is the editor of cnsnews.com. He's over there, has a blog, uh, the uh, uh, news site that's uh, uh, affiliated uh, with the uh, Media Research Center. Uh, and we'll talk with him and a lot more after that. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And this is a, uh, I hate to do this, it's a perfect time to talk about this because it's a, it should be a worry for everybody. Uh, Thanksgiving dinner's coming. I've already had this experience. I went, we're going to buy the turkey. We, we, they ran out of turkeys at our local um, uh, Safeway. So we're going to get the turkey. Turkey prices are way, way up. And our friend uh, Craig Bannister, who's over at uh, cnsnews.com, he's uh, been there for, I don't know, almost 20 years and he's the editor there of the cns news blog and uh, he's been uh, the director of communications there you hear him around all the time uh talking he's going to join us and talk about this issue so craig happy thanksgiving it's gonna be a little bit more expensive but happy thanksgiving how are you indeed happy thanksgiving uh pretty good pretty good i'm out here in northern virginia uh-huh. um <laughs> Not not in the heart of D.C., but <laughs> D.C. adjacent. And yes, uh, Thanksgiving prices are up. And uh, as uh, Jim Jordan said uh, in one of my blogs uh, about a week ago, and it looks like um, the Biden administration's inflation is uh, affecting each and every holiday we have. Well, that's right. He, he had a, he had a link on uh, candy from Halloween. Where you mentioned he made a comment that you posted again. We're talking with Craig Bannister, CNSnews.com, his blog there, which I'll put up on social media. So down in that post, turkey prices up 23%, egg prices up 35%, butter prices up 25%, flour up 17%. Uh, Craig, I, I'm sorry to do this. You're older than I am. You were you were more you were buying stuff. I think in the in the last time we had inflation like this, it's almost impossible for a young family like mine. You feel it every single day. You feel it every single way. Is this what happened with the Carter inflation era? I mean, is this what? How do we get out of this? Well, you know, I was a little tiny kid during the Carter in, inflation, uh, but. Uh, and my dad was a chemical engineer for the government. So uh, I don't recall it. I recall the news headlines, but I don't recall it uh, impacting us personally. Uh-huh. But it is affecting the average American uh, trying to host Thanksgiving dinner. As a matter of fact, uh, a trade magazine, Touch Bistro, uh, uh, took a look at prices and crunched the numbers and uh, decided that it's almost cheaper for, uh, uh, for families to eat out this Thanksgiving. It, it it really is, and I mean, I think people are are feeling it. And actually, I'll tell you that for me, I know you you can your own response. Up, well, you got four kids, and and my one daughter's in college; she's home from college. And so the other night, we said we want to go out, and both my wife and I kind of later said to each other, we thought even the sort of you know I don't know Tex Mex or something we were going to get, we knew it would be more expensive. We'd go home and make make. Now it's nice to go home and make a meal because you're together and all, but I think people are changing their um changing their behavior quite a bit. Again, Craig, what's your sense? of a path out are we just stuck in this for a while because it's it's one thing to feel like oh wow um you know that was a couple of months where gas prices were high but it's not ending and so are we stuck 
Well, um, for the next two years, uh, I think we're, we are pretty stuck, not, not completely, obviously, uh, uh, with uh, re- Republicans in control of the House, uh, they have some control of the uh, the purse springs, but that, of course, would take a whole lot of Republicans with backbones uh, <laughs> to be willing to uh, to draw a line and actually mean it uh, as far as spending of uh, the the gas prices. Unless the administration uh, goes back to the previous administration's uh, uh, energy independence uh, philosophy, uh, I fear those are going; those prices are going to continue to go up too. Um, and tapping into the strategic reserve isn't the way to go, as you know, with your family of four. If you have a nest egg and you keep spending more than you're taking in. Uh, that nest egg will eventually vanish. Um, and then you're in a whole world of hurt because that means putting it, uh, put it, putting it on a credit card at 22% interest. Uh, same thing with the strategic uh, uh, oil reserves and uh, oil in the country in general. Um, and as you look, uh, what's happening to diesel prices, because we're nearing a record low uh, supply of that, um, and uh, that's independent of, of the, um, the strategic reserve, but you know, there's, there's less energy out there because the administration, um, uh, desires it to be that way. It's uh, it, we're talking again uh, with uh, Craig Bannister. He's uh, over at cnsnews.com. He's got a blog over there. I'll post over there. A, a later blog post I did want to bring over this was the Babylon B uh, is is back on Twitter uh, and they are uh, you know uh, doing their thing, which is incredible uh, fun and uh, amazing humor, etc. Well, Craig, again, you're a comms, you're a communications professional for decades. What's your sense now of Twitter? What's happening there? Uh, Trump will over the weekend, Donald Trump was allowed back on, although he hasn't tweeted as, as of the record uh, doing the show. Um, what, what do you feel like is going on there? What's the future? Um, how do you, I, I don't know. How, what's your observation? Well, as you know, I work for the Media Research Center. Uh, CNSnews.com is a division of that, the news division of that. Right. Uh, and we uh, we have a little bit of hope. Uh, that maybe uh, some of this censor- censorship and suppression will uh, will ease uh, with Musk in charge. Uh, personally, I think uh, it's interesting to note that uh, uh, Musk uh, may actually uh, like like Trump uh, be wealthy enough to uh, endure and overcome the slings and arrows. Uh, of the left wing uh, social media and uh, liberal media in general. Uh, I don't know that's for, uh, that for a fact, uh, but uh, so far, uh, Trump has been has had enough uh, gravitas to defend himself. I, I don't know if he can from a weaponized uh, government instrument, uh, but uh, but I think Musk, at least for right now, um, he he doesn't seem to care that uh, the, the left wing media and politicians are out to get him, and he's he's having fun opening things back up again, and hopefully that's a sign of uh, of, of freedom of speech uh, to come. Yeah, I, I think I think so, and and but um, Craig, different part of that question. How powerful do you think um, 
how dominant is big tech in, 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 in shaping communications? You know, I talk on my show again, we're talking with Craig Bannister over at CNSnews.com. Uh, and, uh, I talk on my show. I call it the narrative machine, big tech plus big media plus big government. They work on the narrative and they push it. And, 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 and I, I of all those three, obviously big government may be the most powerful. You can never see the, uh, the tentacles, but I do watch the big tech. You know, it's just so dominant. Again, as a comms professional, someone who's seen this for decades, I, I, can we ever beat this? Well, I have personally have never seen this kind of uh, information dominance mm. uh, and this uh, great a uh, overt um, and unapologetic uh, uh, squashing of, of any um, alternative views or opinions. I, th- I think they've hit upon uh, their uh, their catchphrases of uh, misinformation and disinformation, which are vague enough that they can apply to uh, just about anything. They they don't like any speech that they uh, that that goes against their narrative. Uh, how to how to fight back against that? Um, boy, it's it's going to take a, a lot of people uh, seeing through this and and turning to alternatives. And there are a growing number of. Uh, alternatives uh not just salem but uh, also uh newsbacks uh one america news uh the to me the jury's still out on um uh one of the one of the newer news uh stations that claims to be uh uh i've seen it on wgn that uh yeah. claims to be news uh yeah. impartial but uh if, if but i i don't know yeah um but there are more and more uh outlets but people have to be willing to turn to them uh uh you see the uh the ratings so of uh, organizations like MSNBC and CNN plummeting, but again, in in Musk and Trump like fashion, it seems as though the the pocketbooks uh, of uh, whoever's running those uh, those media outlets um, are fat enough that they they don't appear to care uh, if they lose money because they believe the the message they're getting out uh, is, is that important. Yeah. Um, but people are just going to have to be able to see through it and turn the dial. I've got a, a good lifelong friend uh, that he is just, uh, I, I don't know how to put it. He used to be an extremely analytical person, but mm-hmm. now he is just uh, buying and repeating whatever uh, MSNBC tells him. Yeah. Uh, how do yeah. you... How do you fight, do you yeah, fight you, back against that? Yeah, no, it is. That's, that's if somebody could figure out how to do that. Uh, if somebody could figure out how to do that, uh, because we all have friends or family that are, they're just like, hey, break that habit. And 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 I think, Craig, you and I probably say also pull yourself away from Fox News or from some of the other side. You know, you, you, you got to sort of settle down and see. See. Uh, but it, it, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, all what, right, I, Craig, what I was telling him about, uh, because he believes that uh, uh, Donald Trump should be crucified for uh inciting insurrection on january 6th yeah. but i keep telling him as he used to be a person who would 
uh, go online and find and read or watch the speech for himself to actually see yeah. what the president said. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's it. And but somehow it's a shorthand of the Internet and tech. Um, it is um, amazing. Craig Bannister, thank you, as always. I appreciate very much. CNSnews.com, his blog over there I'll put up on social media. I uh, appreciate it, Craig. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for your perspective on what's happening, especially on my turkey being so expensive. <laughs> And we will take a break and uh, be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'll put that up on uh, social media. Be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. On my desk is a book, The Woking Dead, uh, Publius Prose Volume 1. I always like when somebody has Volume 1 because you know more is coming. How Society's Vogue virus, Vogue, Vogue virus destroys our culture. A.J. Rice is the author. He is himself has been an investigative journalist over at the Washington Times. He's done all kinds of things in terms of uh, his uh, ability to connect conservatives and get out there. But the thing think about this aj i've told you before uh the late phyllis Schlafly, like you she just wrote all the time you write a column and you look at this book it's column after column you've been writing uh you have a habit of writing so it's great and it's a great book and it's uh, well worth looking at over at americangreatness.com well, i'm looking at aj rice's uh byline on the woking dead horde stopped the red wave so welcome aj back and let's talk about that piece in american greatness brother ed great to be here love you guys well thank you so listen um what do you mean? Who stopped it? I mean, who stopped? I mean, everyone wants to blame McCarthy or McConnell. They want to blame uh, TikTok. What did you see when you look closely at this? Uh, you've looked at these elections. You looked at elections for decades. What did you see? What do you mean the Woking Dead uh, did this? Well, look, look, I've got some of the data and um, I'm a millennial. Now I'm a ger- I'm a geriatric millennial, which uh-huh. means I'm on the I'm on the cusp of of old millennial young Gen Xer. Okay, um, and it, it appears the Republican Party's starting to get some of them. It's the, the people, you know, the '80s babies. Right. So they're all the Reagan babies and, and a little bit of the Bush senior babies, probably because they're you know paying off their student loans by working, <laughs> right? By working, right. by working, yep. and and they're they're starting to have children. Although they've been delayed for that, they're starting to own homes. Although right. they've been they've been delayed for that, and look, most of them have boomer parents. They don't have they don't have Gen X parents. They have boomer parents. So, you know, they 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 have a their cultural references are a little bit different. It, it appears the Republican Party is starting to absorb some of them. However, the young millennials and Gen Z, based on the data. It looks like they turned out in force under the for, for Biden and for the Democrats in these midterms because it appears that they really believed Biden was going to pay off their student loans. Hmm. Now, they don't care. Here's the thing about Gen Z in particular. They don't they're not necessarily going to get motivated by abortion because they don't have sex and they don't they don't have sex. They don't not have sex because uh, they're celibates or religious or they're praying the rosary. They don't have any communication skills. They don't date each other. They don't go to dances. They don't go to homecoming. They all operate through the digital space, uh, you know, as avatars, mm-hmm. which is insane. Okay, by the way, yeah, so that's a that's a whole nother book I'd have to write. Right, but but it's it's not because of abortion. So don't believe that. They don't need birth control. They, I'm not sure their I'm not sure their their equipment works. So <laughs> so I mean, it certainly hasn't been used. 
So that's the thing. So I think, you know, a little bit of maybe Black Lives Matter stuff, maybe a little bit of, you know, uh, save the save the country for democracy. But for the most part, it, they really, truly believed Biden was going to forgive their goofy student loans, their 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 bachelor's degrees in lesbian poetry, underwater basket weaving. It, it appears that that worked. And then obviously right away it got, <laughs> yeah, it got struck down. Well, but, but I mean, here's a, but, but, but the problem is, AJ, again, I guess is AJ Rice and his book is The Woking Dead. I mean, the problem is, the trick is um, they do that and a bunch of people vote and they say, oh, good. Uh, they're going to forgive my loans. Then it gets struck down literally three days later. By the time they vote again, they'll fall for the next trick. I mean, you know, so part of the problem is uh, if these young younger people are going to vote, they're so easily duped or or misled or whatever it is. Um, you know, you have to wonder what's next. Right. Well, look, I, I there's always another sucker. Right. 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 And and, uh, you know, Democrats try to play this three card money with goodies, with freebies, with, you know, and what's funny is it's working on the white liberal, white uh, woke youth. Right. But it's not working on the Hispanic Catholics that are coming here and working their, their tails off. That's it's right. Not, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's amazing. That was that was the, the Hail Mary. Well, we're going to flip Texas, uh, you know, but instead they're flipping the progressives around Phoenix and Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and so for me, look, the boomers, a lot of them voted for McGovern, uh, the ones that weren't dying in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um but 10 years later, eight years later, they they voted for Reagan and they never voted for another Democrat ever again. So the millennials, the older ones, the ones born in the 80s, especially Reagan's first term, they're starting to flip. Right. That's my generation. Yep. Um, you know, my wife was born in 88. They're in their early 30s. And they're looking around at the cost of everything. And they're like, like, and look, millennials have been hammered by the tech bubble bursting when they were graduating high school and then the 9-11 and then and then the freaking you know all the enron garbage and the, the you know 2001 and then and then the real estate market implosion and then covid right. they've been trying to become adults and i'm not making excuses for them but you know it's you know, my, my, my parents my parents are both boomers they bought their first house for seven grand right right that ain't happening that's yeah. not happening. That's right. not even happening in, 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 in on the side of a mountain in West Virginia. Right. It's not happening. So, so I would talk, again, AJ Rice, our guest. Um, AJ, um, what happens uh, when we we go back to the poll? Uh, you look at the country and you say to yourself, "Okay, I this is my prediction. In 2024, you're going to get to about late October, and you're going to have." Not, I don't know, 46, 90% of the country, 95% will have decided they'll be off the table and we'll be looking at the same six places again. You know, Wisconsin, uh, Montgomery County, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Maricopa County, Fulton County. I mean, doesn't matter who runs on there. They ran a ham sandwich last time. He ended up winning, you know, sure. winning. And, and, and people say, oh, you can't run Trump. He's too divisive. Doesn't matter. It's already set. That's baked in. 46-46 or 49-49 and then go, am I wrong well before there was mail-in voting and i look i'm from philly so i know montgomery <laughs> county bucks, bucks right. county delaware county i know them all and uh, you know before before there's mail-in voting stuff and this bundling um you know republicans show up on election day 
Um, and that's apparently because they're they actually have jobs, right? And right. they're not, you know, right. they're not in the humanities department. Right. And uh, and they show up, and it's not enough. It's not enough because there are more registered Democrats out there in most states. And the thing is, they're just registered Democrats, you know, sleep until, you know, 12 p.m. And what you can do now is you can get a stack of ballots and you can walk up to a tenement. You can walk up to some slum. You can walk up to some trailer park. You can walk up to wherever. And I'm not trying to sound, you know, harsh here, but let's live in the freaking real world. And you can run the score up. You could run the score up months ahead of time. You could run the score up before anyone gets to see John Fetterman fall apart on television. Right, 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 right. And they did, and they did, and they did it. So, so why does that change? I mean, are, are you of the mind that you better change that, or, or you know, and, and go to election day? And can you do that in terms of the perception? Or are you the Republicans got to get better at, as you say, taking off of work and, and running up the score? I mean, yeah, I'm, we got to run the score up early. Look. The genie's out of the bottle in this early voting. Some of these states, right? I mean, look. I mean, we can kind of take back. I mean, Georgia election law. I mean, there's a, there's things that Texas. There's certain places that are red or purplish that you know if we get it, if we control it enough, we can do some things. But you can't bank on that. So you know, if they're going to run the score up, we got to run the score up. I mean, the the idea that I always feel like we're we're chasing a Ferrari in a horse and buggy with this. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just outrageous. We're so dopey. I go back to like John McCain. He doesn't use a keyboard now. Granted, he you know he look <laughs> the 08 election. Right. I mean, the, I mean, Obama was able to razzle dazzle his way to victory. Now he had the style, he had the left wing substance, and he had the the technology and ground game. He had it all. And McCain and the Mormon, they weren't going to stand a chance there. However, what they're able to do now is they don't need the razzle dazzle. They don't need, you know, Will Smith or Jackie Robinson. They don't need it. They don't need it. They can run someone like Katie Hobbs or Fetterman and they can run the basement strategy because they've got the mechanics perfected. It's almost like in baseball when you had C.O. Epstein take over the Red Sox at the turn of the century and he started using, you know, money ball. He started using basically Billy Bean's saber metrics, right. right? He starts using it and he's got more money than God. Right. So when you, when you, so he's got the advantage technolo- technologically, he's got the ground game and he's got an unlimited payroll with no salary cap in baseball. And it took a couple cycles for the Yankees to catch on. Right. And then yeah. the Cubs did it. The Cubs did it. The Dodgers have done it. And, you know, yeah, granted, the Rays and the A's, who have the lowest payroll, they always have great prospects and they're always competitive. They haven't won recently. They've right. gotten to the World They've gotten to the world Series. They've, they've made some noise, but, you yeah. know, they haven't won. They won. But that's what the Democrats are now, is that they can run, like you just said, a ham sandwich. They can run some automaton, lobotomized, you know, Carl from, <laughs> Carl from Sling Blade. They can run Carl from Sling Blade, and they... And, and, you know, and he can just go uh-huh, and, 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 and they can win on that because they perfected the sabermetrics of the election. Mm-hmm. That's and we well, that, well. That's and and and, that, and AJ. The thing about that, I don't know if this is a col- another column for you. Uh, we're talking with AJ Rice again. His uh, column over at AmericanGreatness.com. dot com. But it, it's uh, the, the Woking Dead Horde that stopped the red wave. You look inside his piece. She's talking about some of these numbers. Um, but but the reality is, no, nobody, everyone forgot. 
that in the last four years, five years, I don't know, three and a half, four years, the transfer of wealth to special interests aligned with the Democrats is it never happened in history. The teachers unions, the pensions of all the public sector unions, the pensions of private unions, all this money yep. transferred, all the PPP uh, outfits, all these places that did training and all. These are hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars well, put in position to <laughs> have the system, as you say. So you don't need to be the Boston Red Sox if you could, if you got Pelosi's bucks coming. And, and they didn't even need Zuckerbucks this year because they knew they had so much COVID money and other stuff. And, and- and look, and they 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 still complain about Citizens United. They right, used right. <laughs> they've used that better than anyone. Yep, yep, yep. Well, you I know mean, the, the you know, by the way, AJ, the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss, used to say Citizens United is a disaster. She'd say because the conservatives think it's going to work for them because they see friendly corporations. She's had two problems. No One way. She said corporations won't stay friendly, and more importantly, once the left sees the money, it realizes the money. Are you kidding me? Crew, one of these outfits in in the DC looks like a piker compared to the the, the web of these left wing organizations that are set up uh, to run all this stuff. It's, it's true. So, AJ, what happens next? I mean, you're talking in your piece about people, uh, you know, get, paying attention and getting persuaded. Yeah, you, you you follow Twitter, you follow these, uh, you know, your communicator. Um, I don't know. I, I my the phrase I use all the time is the narrative machine. Big tech, big media, and big government. They're telling us what we know, and and the American people are not. You know, other than the Chinese on TikTok telling us what to know we're, we're not i don't know how we beat this well look i mean you got to look to some victories i mean let's let's think about this for a second so you are right by the way and phyllis was right too because the idea that that we were ever going to have more money than these corporations these corporations have gone left wing they've gone exactly. woke exactly but you have to look, let's look at some victories i mean look elon musk isn't ronald reagan he's not buckley but you know he's <laughs> he's a combo of you know uh ed martin and tony stark from uh, iron man <laughs> there you go. i mean i i think his 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 takeover over, over twitter sort of evens the playing fields a little bit i think some of these guys i mean gates is is not one of them, but Gates has got some problems. But Bezos has even said recently that some of the rhetoric coming out of the Democrats is insane. Yeah. Um, and then you got to look to the look. You got to look to this fact. And I said this on social media when it happened last night. Um, the head of Disney was just removed, and the head of Disney was removed because the head of Disney did not care about the bottom line. Cared more about woke garbage. Now, is Bob Iger, the former CEO, who's being brought back in? Is he is he uh, more or less woke? Uh, on paper, less woke. Personally, probably just as woke as the guy they just got rid of. Right. But understand something. Take the scalp of the CEO of Disney and FedEx it to Ron DeSantis because yeah. that's that's right. and let him put it on the wall. Number one. Right. Number one. The head of Disney. Mail his scalp to Ron DeSantis because the idea that Disney was going to and believe me, that boardroom is not filled with a bunch of MSNBC watchers. There are people in that boardroom that don't want third graders taught about any type of sex. Mm-hmm. Let alone, you know, not let alone Tim becomes Jim and Jim becomes Sally and they all have sex together. Are you kidding me? So so that's it. So, there, you know, you, you have to look to some of these cultural victories. I mean, obviously, the road decision. Right. Um, but something's building out there. Something's building. I mean, look, I guess we're going to have King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, <laughs> we're going to find out whether we're going to find out real quick whether DeSantis can take a nuclear blast in the face. Right. Um, right. And if he can, if he can, then, you know, I think that will convert people.
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right on that. All right. I got to run. A.J. Rice, his book is The Woking Dead, How Society's Vogue Virus Destroys Our Culture. Uh, check it out. It's from Post Hill Press. Uh, A.J., we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Love you, brother. Have a good awesome. Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Billionaire leftist George Soros must be giggling with delight. He may have found a way to turn the country blue with baseless prosecutions of Republicans that's generating a stream of scandalous headlines. Soros has quietly but heavily invested in supporting radical prosecutors nationwide. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina was doing his job when he made inquiries about the reported unusual election results in Georgia in 2020, where signatures were never verified on hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots. It's a constitutional right for all Americans to question and criticize elections, yet some liberals want to turn that into some kind of crime. Senator Graham should not have to answer intrusive questions under oath from a political opponent in a dusty county courtroom in Georgia about legitimate inquiries he made concerning the election results more than a year and a half ago. Liberals were trying to spawn national biased headlines just before the November elections to make it an issue, and this makes it doubly wrong. Senator Graham appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit to defend his senatorial privilege under the Speech and Debate Clause. Incredibly, that court allowed the circus in Fulton County to continue, although it temporarily delayed the process until the scope of questioning was narrowed. Republicans should not have to answer questions by a partisan Democrat prosecutor about why and how they questioned a reported election result. No Republican is accused of fabricating votes, so there's no crime to be asked questions about. The chilling of the First Amendment right to criticize election fraud is what Democrats really want. They'd remove the First Amendment if they could, but they know that is impossible. Instead, they endeavor to silence potential challenges to their power with the looming threat of endless lawsuits funded by taxpayer money and supported by billionaires like Soros. If you're a young person looking to make a difference, perhaps you could be an attorney who can't be bought off by the left. After all, we need courageous lawyers who are willing to stand up against baseless political prosecutions. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Just got a couple of minutes to wrap things up. And don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there for the daily email, the daily wink. Um, so here's a question. Here's a, It's not a Twitter poll because I don't have a Twitter poll going or anything. Here's a, here's a question for you. Should Donald Trump tweet? In other words, he's back. Al- he's allowed on Twitter again. His account is unsuspended. But he has, as of the time of this show right now, he hasn't tweeted yet. 
Should he tweet? Okay, so I'm going to give you my answer. I've thought about this because Trump has said I'm not interested in coming back because I've got my own social media network. And he spent a lot of money. He's got a bunch of investors and all, and he's got truth, truth social. Here's what I think he should do. I think he should tweet once and then retruth all the time. Okay, so he should tweet once. And then whenever he wants to actually tweet again, he should do it on truth first, but have one of his people repost it on Twitter. So in other words, he's going to always be making you think of truth. But I, first of all, treat, tweet once because everybody's waiting. Everybody's waiting. They want to see what he says. I think he gives it one huge, massive tweet that everybody looks at and talks about. And then from then on, just retruth or whatever the phrase would be retweet basically post on truth and have somebody bring it over now i know that someone will say that'll dilute truth but he won't be engaging on twitter he'll just be posting over there in fact what he should do is uh uh post on truth and then repost on twitter facebook gab getter parlor whatever that's my idea what do you think tweet or not We'll be uh, back tomorrow. Thank you, as always, for the great Noah Daniel, our producer. Be back tomorrow, Ed Martin, here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.